Howdy folks, welcome to the MatchNet Podcast. This is the podcast that is all about the matching and blessing and how to get matched and blessed in the most successful and healthy way possible. So we make these episodes just for you good folks at home, single people who are trying to get matched and blessed. So if you do enjoy this episode, I would encourage you to follow and also share it with somebody that you do love because this is the only reason that we do it is to help spread the word about what's possible. Okay, so this episode is an interview that Marjorie Busing did with Lucas and Tazana, and they shared their matching process experience, specifically about how Tazana and Lucas spoke to their parents about the matching process and how they navigated that conversation. So if you're wondering how to have a conversation with your family about the matching process, then you're gonna love this episode. All right, let's get right into it. So I'm going to just ask them some questions and they'll each answer them and, uh, you know, if you have questions, please write, jot them down. When did you first start talking to your parents about the blessing? Um, so I think I was 16. I think this is when uh, it was around when father had first mentioned, like, you can get blessed at the age of 16. And my parents were like, Whoa. but I think it wasn't really until I was uh, 21, like after STF that I had the first more like serious conversation with my parents. Yeah, for me, it wasn't until my early 20s. Um, when I started talking with my parents about the matching. Um, yeah. Was it I easy wanted... to talk to them? <laughs> um, in high, so I guess I should also say that, like you know, through high school, my mom would also try to talk to me about the matching, and um, I was never, you know, it was never a, a topic that I, you know, really wanted to talk about with my mom um so so yeah definitely in high school it was not easy um i think you know as i got older it it got easier um but yeah you know it was always kind of like awkward yeah yeah i think i mean yeah like similar to lucas like my earliest recollections it was a little bit more awkward like it wasn't something like we didn't talk so much about like marriage and intimacy and that kind of thing, like future in my family in general. So like, and I was the oldest girl. So it was like a new process for my family just to have to like navigate in the first place, you know, and our parents didn't get, didn't go through a matching process in the way that we do now. Right. And so I think it was a whole new world for them. And like, sometimes it was really awkward. Sometimes like I remember um, I would get really defensive or like, frustrated at their like frazzledness about all of it and not knowing what to do or like they didn't know like um what steps to take and like i think when our parents sometimes feel awkward themselves like it comes across um and especially as i got older you know like we're both 30 almost 31 and so we got blessed when we were 30 and i think um you know if anyone on the call is like a little older like my parents were worried. They were like anxious. And so like the energy around the conversation so many times was like, you know, what's wrong and how, you know, like, when are we going to talk about this? How are we going to talk about this? But I think as I got older, like I was also more clear and it became like an easier conversation to have um, more as an adult with my parents. Oh, so who brought up the matching first? You or your parents? Um, well, I mean, my mom, you know, in high school, my mom definitely, you know, would bring up the matching. She actually would bring it up about Tazna, um, you know, when I was in high school. But, um, yeah, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't something that was like on my radar. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, so like my, my parents, uh, you know, my parents are divorced and, um, you know, I think like definitely they divorced when I was in high school, but before that, even in like middle school, they were separated. Um, you know, I think like going from that kind of, from that experience into like, 
you know, trying to have a conversation about, you know, how to prepare myself for the matching and the blessing, it was definitely like too soon. You know, like, I think there was a lot of things that I had to work through with like my relationship with my parents and my brothers before I could, you know, feel good about inviting somebody else into my life. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, and then I think as I got older, like in college and post-college, um, you know, the, the matching was something that I could, I felt like a little more free to bring up with my mom. Um, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, what did you do to prepare yourself? Do you want to go? Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think everything is a preparation for your future, right? Like so many times mm -hmm. I think like there's this concept of like, oh, you know, I'm in a matching process and like, uh, or like I have to be talking to someone to be in a matching process, right? But I always really felt that like you're always in a matching process, whether you know you're 17 years old right now or 20. Like if you know if you haven't um, gotten blessed yet, you're in your matching process, right? And so, um, kind of like doing you know doing prayer conditions, and sometimes they were more formal, like I'm going to do a 21 day prayer condition about this specific point. Other times it was more just like intentionally praying about like what was it that I needed to work on in my life to prepare for my future. Like if there was something that wasn't moving in my life or I felt like stuck in, like uh, how could I take time to reflect about that and, and like work on things in my life. Right. And so, you know, of course there was a step of like writing a profile and the more like formal things to like prepare to be blessed and matched and like having conversations with my parents. But you know, I also started working with a counselor, recognizing like there were things that I needed to work on in my relationship with my parents or like in my life in general that like if I didn't work through them and and uh, kind of navigate those things, I knew I would bring them into my relationship in the future, right? Um, so working on you know, my own life of faith, I really believe that the best gift you can give your future spouse is your life of faith. Is, is that like own your own personal connection with God, with your parents, with your, your faith, your values, like, um, and that that's something I knew I needed to really define before going into a matching process, um, and getting involved in the community and like being part of building something, um, yeah, that I would be excited to, you know, to share with someone. And I, and I feel like I can see, you know, when, whenever things were stagnant in this whole area of matching, whether it was like, not being able to talk to my parents or like nothing happening with anybody. It was always like, okay, Tazna, like what, what, what am I not working on here? What am I avoiding? Or what am I not dealing with that, <laughs> that God's like, well, Tazna, unless you, unless you like work on growing, like I can't open the next door for you. Um, yeah. I think for me, um, preparing myself for the matching, um, it was important to me to feel like I knew where I was going in life. Um, you know, I think like waiting until college and after college to really, you know, be the one to like bring up this conversation with my mom. Um, you know, I think that had a lot to do with it was that, you know, I felt, you know, like I needed to have some direction. I didn't want to like enter into a, a relationship with somebody without knowing, you know, kind of like where I'm going, like what, like, like what direction I'm headed in, um, you know, and yeah, yeah. So clarifying a direction for my life um, was important uh, step for me to feel prepared for the matching. Oh, that's that's a really good point. I think we answered this next question already, John. So you can take it to the next slide. Did you ever have someone uh, help you talk with your parents? Uh, no, not really. Yeah, me neither. I mean, like, maybe asking people for advice or, you know, but in terms of like mediating with talking to my parents, no, not really. I, 
that's you're lucky. <laughs> uh, did you feel that they really heard you when you talked to them? Um, well, my mom had to hear me. I mean, I think, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. My family's pretty stubborn, you know, like w w there's four boys and, you know, if we, you know, if we, if I feel strongly about something, I'm going to put my foot down and, you know, so if my mom <laughs> tries to bring up the matching, tries to get me to look at a profile or, you know, like if it's, if I, you know, feel strongly enough and I put my foot down, then, you know, it's very clear to my mom, you know, how I feel and she has to listen. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, yes, I think, but I also feel like, um, it wasn't always very easy to be like completely honest about like what mm. I was going, what I was feeling, what I was experiencing. Like I was feeling like it was a world that they couldn't quite relate to. Um, you know, again, like our parents' experience of going through the matching process was really different, right? And I think a lot of times I felt like, you know, my my parents weren't always confident in how to support, like especially my dad, like he's a much more intellectual, a little bit more like, I don't know, by the book person. And I think, you know, it puts our parents sometimes out of their comfort zone. Like, what do I do? Like, I don't know how to deal with this. And like, it's out of their control. And of course, as a parent, they want you to be happy and all these things, right? And, and to feel like, I think, especially as a dad, that like, I don't know what to do or how to support you is not the most comfortable place to be, right? And with my mom, I think it was a little bit easier to talk more um, emotionally and be heard. Um, but in general, like I grew up in a German family where like we didn't talk about our emotions and our deeper feelings and like, you know, what we were going through in general, right? So then on top of that, you have this even more vulnerable personal conversation that like you're forced to enter into because like you have to talk to your parents in order to go through this process almost, right? So, um, yeah, it was a, you know, it was a growing process over the course of many years to feel, um, yeah, like I knew how to articulate myself in a way that they could be heard, that they could understand me and vice versa, that I could understand where they were coming from and, um, yeah, make it a, make it a relationship that worked. What, what kinds of things, uh, where did you go that you had the best conversations? Was it, you know, dinner table, camping? I mean, uh, what, what kind of places and things did you do where you felt they were able to hear you or you could go deeper? Was there some kind of venue or something like that that was helpful for you? Um, me and my mom would, would go out to dinner alone. Um, that was like a good time for us to really, you know, connect and, um, you know, have a good conversation. Um, and then sometimes, you know, like in, in my mom's bedroom, you know, would be like a quiet space where we could just kind of like lay on, lay on in the bed, like, you know, and just put my face inside the pillows and like, you know, we would like have a conversation like that, where I'm just kind of like, you know, it's like we can hear each other, but I don't have to like, you know, we're not like staring into each other's eyes and like, you know, <laughs> trying to, you know, go, go deep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Similar. I think like definitely having to be alone with my parents, like, and um, my mom, my parents like go on walks like every day. And so oftentimes, like, you know, I push myself if I was home to like go on a walk with them, knowing it's like, you know, again, it's like you're moving, you're looking forward. It's not awkward if you say something and then there's a you know, long pause of silence. Like, so finding places where we, we all felt comfortable is a little bit more like organic, not like loud and busy. Um, 
Yeah, or like with my mom, sometimes, yeah, take, taking her out to dinner and just like making that intentional time to connect. Um, I think, or driving, like, yeah, sitting in a driving, car. Driving, that was one of my like, favorites. <laughs> yeah, you know, just like the, that space where you, you have nowhere else to go and you're just sort of like, <laughs> you know, yeah, taking, taking advantage of the, that moment at that time. Yeah, like when I was in college, uh, you know, like I lived in the dorms, but the dorms were only like three miles from my mom's house. And so, you know, I would go home most weekends and, you know, my mom would pick me up and she would also drop me back off at the dorms. And so there's like 10, you know, that drive, I always knew that like, you know, okay, my mom's going to drive me back to the dorms. We're going to be forced to be like sitting next to each other in the car for 10 minutes and like... <laughs> I mean, it was like, sometimes it was good, but sometimes it was also bad because like, you know, it's like you're forced to like, you know, you're forced to talk about your life, you know, like you're stuck in the car with somebody. Um, so like sometimes, you know, sometimes if we we're having a good conversation, we would get to my dorm and like we would just sit in the car for another half an hour, you know, to like finish this conversation. Um, but then other times it was like painful and it was just like, <laughs> oh gosh, like I have to go back to my dorm and my mom's going to want to talk. And, you know, it's, it's, it was like dreadful. Um, yeah. uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> did you have a matching plan? We talk a lot about that in the Blessing and Family Ministry and in our handbooks. So I wanted to know if you had a matching plan. And how did that work for you? Um, sure, sort of. Like, I would say, I mean, I maybe like four, four years ago, like I sat down and diligently made a matching plan with my family. And even if we, and uh, even though we didn't like stick to it, you know, by the letter, I think just going through the process of setting up a matching plan was helpful for my family. And I could tell it definitely helped my parents. Like it gave them a game plan and it, and I think it really empowered them to feel like, okay, we know what we're doing and we know how we're going to proceed. Um, so for example, like you know, I, I, I made my matching profile and that was also a good experience just to like articulate and write out like, you know, what was important to me, what I, was hoping for goals, dreams, all that kind of stuff. And to share that with my family. And I made, um, I we'll talk about a team a little bit later, but yeah, so matching plan. Um, uh, and I had a team. Is it okay if I just go into that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. Um, so I made a matching team. It was like my parents, my sister, my best friend, Aunt Marjorie. Um, and the plan was like, uh, you know, my parents, if someone reached out or someone on the team thought of someone, my parents, they were supposed to bring it to the whole matching team and everyone on the team was supposed to see what they thought. And if they were in consensus, then they could pass it on to me. Um, and if my parents didn't think it was a good fit from the get-go, or even if the matching team didn't think it was a good fit, they they still would pass it on to me, like just for, you know, you never know, like maybe everyone else thinks it's not the right thing, but by God's intervention, it is. Um, and then either like my parents would read out, reach out to that family or sometimes like we had Aunt Marjorie reach out if we felt it was better to have like a, a neutral. Um, so with the matching team, like uh, again, like there was a period at the beginning, maybe for a good half year, eight months where it was pretty like diligent about it. Like they prayed, you know, they prayed for me. Um, they kept an eye out for people. I would send like a monthly summary of like things that I was working on, updates in my life. Um, uh, yeah, just kind of keeping my team in touch. And I think it was a good practice for that time period. Again, then it kind of dwindled, you know, into um, just more organicness. But I think it was helpful just to sort of uh, put some intention out there. Yeah. Intention yeah. is a good word. Mm. Yeah, so um, I didn't really have, I had a very loose matching plan. Um, I think like, you know, my mom and I had this system where, you know, I guess 
uh, you know, uh, let's see, how do we say this? Um, if my mom was, you know, excited about a matching candidate that, you know, maybe she found somebody at a matching convocation or somebody from the matchbook website, um, she would try to, you know, like she would print out their profile without the photos and she would try to get me to read them. And like, you know, I was, it, it didn't always work out what, you know, the right way, or I don't know, it didn't always go that way because, you know, I also, you know, I had my mom's login on Matchbook, so I would, you know, <laughs> read the answers, and then I'd log into, you know, on my phone, and like, you know, try to figure out, like, who this person was, and, and you know, find the photos. Um, so yeah, photos on your Matchbook profile are important. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Okay. Um, okay. Did you have a team or just a small team? I didn't have like a, um, <clears throat> it wasn't like a formal team, you know, like people that I approached and was like, hey, like, do you want to, you know, be, be on my matching team? But I think you were on my team or I, yes, I know like you, I you worked with my mom a lot. <laughs> um, and you know, I had I had a lot of uncles that would um, you know keep an eye out and you know try to support me. Um, and then yeah, I mean you know like my my older brother, you know I would you know talk to him and you know my mom and uncles. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you. Let's go to the next slide, John. <clears throat> So what else worked in your matching journey? What kind um, of things worked for you? Yeah, so if you're talking the matching with your parents, it's very helpful if you have a good relationship with them. Um, you know, if you're, uh, if you don't have a good relationship with your parents and, you know, you have to have these conversations, it, you know, it makes it really difficult. Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, like even looking at like my older brother's matching process, like um, there was a time where like, you know, he didn't really feel like, it was like really hard for him to bring up, you know, somebody that he was inspired by to my mom. But like, you know, so I kind of had to like talk him into it. I was like, look, like, you know, there's this person that you're interested in and you know that like she's not going to be interested um, without permission from her parents. And so like, you know, if you want this matching process to proceed, the only way is to go through the parents and you have to do that through your parents. Um, so like, you know, it kind of forced, you know, my brother to, you know, get up some courage and you know, to like work things out. And um, yeah, I guess, you know, having a good relationship with your parents, you know, makes that easier to talk about the matching. Good. Uh, Tasna, yeah, did you, I, mean, what? I think like at this point, you know, I, was, I wasn't living at home anymore. Um, you know, I didn't see my parents all the time. And like when, when I was home, like everyone was home, you know, like all my siblings were home. And so like, I think really needed to make like intentional time to connect and talk with my parents. And you know, like Lucas mentioned, yeah, sometimes it was easier like when, you know, when you go home and then sometimes you're, all your defenses come up and you're like, I don't wanna talk to my parents about anything. And, um, you know, and, and, and working through that and, and, um, and things that were helpful, like talking to my parents individually, like not always together, um, you know, talking to my mom, if I felt more connected to my mom at that time. And I think my mom in general was more comfortable having those conversations sometimes than my dad, right? Or like, you know, going, uh, you know, knowing I had to approach my dad a little bit differently if I wanted to talk to him. Or sometimes, I mean, I'm a, I find it's easier to write. And so like that, those times when I was, um, you know, writing summaries of like what I was going through in my life, it was easier just to articulate and be honest in an email to my entire matching team, including my parents, than it was to talk, right? Because it gave me time to articulate and to 
write out what I was thinking and what I was feeling or what I was challenged by. But I think it also gave my parents time to like digest it, you know, to absorb it, to think about what I'd written and not have to feel like they had to respond right away. Or like, you know, sometimes there's a defensive reaction or just like your immediate like blahness that comes out. Um, so also like having a mentor outside my parents really helped me process stuff with my parents so that I could talk to them, you know, like um, having an auntie who I'm like, I don't know how to, you know, articulate this or every time I tell my parents this, this is how they respond, you know, so having someone who I trusted with the intention that they would empower and support me talking with my parents. And I think also being really clear and initiating we're talking with my parents and not always expecting them to be the driver of the conversation, right? Like, oh, I'm not gonna say anything until my mom brings it up. Like, um, cause then it's like, oh, my mom, my, because my mom brought it up, I don't wanna talk about it, right? Versus <laughs> me initiating and being like, hey mom and dad, I would really like to have this conversation. And, um, and I think being intentional and like all those things led to more honest conversations. Um, you know, where uh, I was at a place where I could also receive my parents' feedback, like, hey, Tazno, we gave you this profile, or, you know, you just talked to this person, and I think you're being a bit too narrow-minded, or you're just, like, putting him in a box, you know, and so I think as I, you know, worked on slowly this relationship with my parents and feeling more open and honest, then I think the level of honesty in that conversation also deepened. Um, where, you know, you could talk about a little bit more the real stuff or get feedback about like what I could work on. You know, parents know you pretty well. And sometimes <laughs> it can be intimidating as parents to like call your kids out on the things that maybe, you know, like you gotta, gotta work on a little bit. So, yeah. Well, was there anything that didn't work or that you would want to do differently or suggest somebody do differently um yeah i think you know finding the right environment to talk about the matching with your parents is really important um like the wrong time is like when you're at home with all of your all of your siblings watching a comedy and you know <laughs> and you know like my mom would be on her phone and we're all watching you know a funny movie and then she's like, oh, Lucas, like, you know, here's a great profile, you know, read this. And it's just like not the right time, um, you know, because it becomes like, you know, it becomes a game, you know, it, it, be, it becomes a joke, um, you know, and it, it becomes something that's not taken seriously, um, you know, if you don't really like set the mood to, you know, have, have a real conversation. Um, so, yeah, so that's something that, um, didn't work. Um, yeah, I think one thing that didn't work so well was like talking if both sides were like stressed or discouraged. Um, you know, like sometimes I remember going home and you have that feeling like, oh, okay, the conversation is going to happen. But like, my parents come at it from this like, oh, we don't know what to do. And we've done everything we can. And like, we've exhausted all our resources and it's like this very defeated depressed sort of like conversation right and like that wasn't empowering for me it wasn't empowering for my parents and so um i think really being again like intentional about when and where to have the conversation right and i think it allows both sides to be like be in the right place. Cause I might go home and be like, I am so ready to talk to my parents. I feel so inspired and hopeful and clear and confident. And who knows, maybe they had a terrible week at work and they're like, this is the last thing they want to talk about. Right. And so you'd like totally miss each other on this there. And then, and then that shuts me down. And I never want to, you know, it's hard to open that conversation again versus like, Hey mom, dad, let's go out next Thursday and talk about this. We'll go to dinner. Um, you know, and these are some of the things I want to bring up. Um, these are some of the things that I, you know, maybe you can think about um, so that you can like set yourselves up for that conversation with your parents. Um, and even like 
you know, doing some like prayer. Like, I remember one time we like did a simple prayer condition for a few days before we talked. It was just like, these are the three things that I'm really thinking about praying about. Like maybe my parents can do those, pray about those same things. And it, it just um, brought us, brought us to the conversation from a very different place, right? Mm -hmm. Like my parents had spent three days praying about this whole thing. I had done the same. And so then when we came together to talk about it, it was very different than just like, yes, bringing it on somebody in the middle of like, you know, because you feel inspired or worried or whatever, right? So that's definitely something that I feel uh, could have saved a lot of like, frustrated feelings early on we would have done that differently yeah i have a policy never talk matching during finals or midterms yeah that's a good one <laughs> it's the wrong time uh do you have any suggestions for others uh, to how to talk to your parents um i would say like um, I remember like some of my earlier processes, it was like, it was very much like me, the other person, and like sort of my parents over here, right? Like, would kind of let them in to the process and they didn't really go very well. Um, and I would say like, one of the best advice is like making a team, like, surrounding yourself with people beyond just like your immediate parents especially if you're like the eldest or like um, you know maybe your parents don't feel so connected to all the resources and confident in how to help you like um, connecting to an advisor connecting with people like older brothers and sisters who've been matched and who have young families like as many people as love and respect you like that you can invite to be part of this process it creates like an intentional space around you. And also I think it really um, like protects and empowers your process when you do go into a process. Like, you know, like Lucas and I, we both had so many people that we invited into this. Like sometimes you feel like the matching has to be this very secretive thing. I can only talk about it with my parents or like with one other person and like that no one can know that I'm going through this, right? Versus like almost opening the door and being like, Let's surround myself with my extended family who's all going to help me find this person. And like, you know, I think there was a lot of crossover actually in the circles around Lucas and the circles around me that I think allowed our, our paths to cross in a very intentional kind of way. And so I think it, it empowers your, your parents. Like I think my parents felt very supported by like having Aunt Marge and having my best friends that they could talk to. Like, I don't know how to get through to Tasma. Can you try and read <laughs> her? You know, like, so you create this, this, um, yeah, you, you surround yourself and, and it gives so many more avenues for God to work to reach you and to support you in your process versus feeling like you just have to do it in this isolated, like little vacuum alone. So um, that's definitely like a, a, an advice. And I think people are like, I, I hesitated to reach out to people and ask to support and help me, but people are happy, you know, like they want to see you happy and to feel empowered in connecting with your parents too. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. So suggestions for others. Um, I think in like preparation for the matching, it's for, it's really, it was really helpful for me to like be able to see how God is working in my life. Um, you know, that was really, you know, not in terms, not even in terms of like the matching preparation, but just, you know, in all other areas of my life to see, you know, how God was working and, you know, to know that like God is there with me, you know, on this journey through life. And then, you know, like when the matching comes up, you know, I had already known that like, okay, like God is here, he's with me and, you know, I'm feeling like, you know, this is something that God wants for me. Um, so yeah, learning to see how God is working in your life um, was important for me and, um, you know, being able to communicate that with, with your family, you know, um, yeah, 
definitely I would emphasize, you know, working on your relationship with your family um, and, you know, being able to, to communicate openly and honestly. Um, yeah. That's great. Thank you. And um, are there any resources that you used and what did you find were uh, the most helpful uh, resources, tools? Summer camp. <laughs> Summer camp. Yes. Um, well, so, I mean, I, I had a profile on Matchbook um, and my mom would go to matching convocations. I went to a 24 plus workshop. Um, but yeah, I think the most, the most helpful resource was, you know, uh, was, yeah, you know, loved ones, you know, my extended family. Um, yeah, people that love me and support me. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, I say like, you know, technically matchbook websites. Um, I went to 24 plus also. Um, but I think like, yeah, people, you know, like people who had experienced similar things, um, aunties, uncles who were connected, like, you know, my, yeah, like connecting to a matching advisor. You know, Aunt Marjorie was a huge help, just like connecting to all the resources that existed. Um, um, yeah. Great. Thank you. Now there's a, I'm going to go over a few tools and things that might help you. Um, so sometimes parents think that they know who you are, who their children are, but they haven't really made the time to listen and to really talk about the important things to you. So sometimes they need help. And we suggest that don't wait for them. Don't wait for them to uh, initiate everything, but we suggest that you suggest spending time together, much like Tazna said, you know, invite them out to dinner and tell them ahead of time so they can prepare. But just if you're, even if you're not talking about the matching, it's important for them to know you and what's on your heart. So suggesting or even help planning a family weekend or a hike or a day at the beach that's fun. I like bowling and I love putt-putt golf. Board games are great. Uh, you really get a chance. Your personality, your character comes out and you get to know each other more. Um, visiting museums or art galleries. And, you know, I think it was Lucas that said something about, or Tasna, maybe both of them, said something about spending time one-on-one -on -one with each of your parents separately alone. Um, so that you can invite you can invite them to ice cream or you can invite them out for coffee you don't have to wait for them to invite you out please uh feel that your this is your life this is your uh future so you can uh take some initiative and really uh, make the suggestions and make the invitation to them okay John? can i add yes I think like to the point of helping your parents, I remember one specific conversation I had with my parents where I like, I realized one that like, I had to respect my parents as a, in their role as parents. Yeah, I was a 30 year old young person living on my own, but like to honor and respect my, my parents role as parents. And then, and I realized like I wasn't doing that. And I think it really like disempowered my parents, right? And, um, and so I remember having this conversation where I articulated to them, like, I needed to be my parents in this process, like not just equal co-collaborators, but I need you to, to be empowered to like, take your role as parents in my life. Right. And to empower them to be more honest and direct with me. Um, and so I think sometimes our parents, like, you know, the, the, helping our parents to be parents, like as kids, like 
to empower that role, to like ask them, to like invite them to be your parents. Um, anyway, that was, it, it shifted something in my relationships with, 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 my, with my parents in the process. Wow, thank you, Tasma. Okay, John, next slide. Uh, some helpful questions. Um, everybody on this uh, webinar will get the link and this PowerPoint and embedded in it are uh, some lists of questions. Uh, I have this, I found this list of questions that I just love. And my daughter and her husband were sitting around the breakfast table once and it ended up, we were still there at 11 o'clock because we each answered this list of questions. So the que one question was, do you know where your grandparents grew up? Or do you know where your parents met? So my daughter would answer, her husband would answer, and then I would answer the question about my grandparents or about how my parents met. So it was such a rich experience. So this is one uh, list of questions that is very helpful. And the second list I have here is uh, found on the BFM website. It's 41 questions that um, we suggest uh, any couple considering being uh, matched and blessed ask each other and find out the answers to these questions. But it's valuable to go through these questions with your parents. And that's why we put this link here. Do you want to share anything about when you two went through this? Oh yeah, we answered all those 41 questions. That was really good. We broke it up, but it was really good. Yeah, it just kind of like gave you a framework. We didn't have to feel awkward about asking all of them, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I call this list the good, the bad, and the ugly. So there's really nice questions and then there's really challenging personal questions. So it's a good list. Okay, along the way, there will be roadblocks there will be challenges, I guarantee it. <laughs> so, so to help you go through some of those, uh, it's wise uh, to educate yourself and understand what your part in the process is and also what part your parents play. Tasna mentioned this and it's important you work together, but it's also important you understand your role. And um, we do have the matching handbooks that are very helpful. We suggest that uh, parents, that you take it to your parents and ask them to read it with you. You know, not the whole thing all at once, but there's questions at the end of every chapter for discussion. So it's a, a good, good thing to do, work through together. Also, I highly recommend attending the blessing education workshops or matching education that's done now on the local level. And in every uh, state, there's a local blessing and family ministry representative. So if you have questions, you can go there on the matching, uh, on the blessing and family ministry website, there's a whole list of matching supporters that could help. And some of these were mentioned. I should have put camps down, summer camp. But um, I did want to mention, there's a new Facebook group called UC Singles. It's a private Facebook group for um, singles that are in the Unification Church. And uh, it's a private, uh, but it's well run. Uh, Tasna, do you want to say anything about that? Yeah, it's like it's a really organic platform. Like the hosts, um, like uh, maybe once a week, they'll post a question, kind of like a get to know you question. People can answer, respond, fun things, you know, a little more thoughtful things. Um, and I think there, I mean, there's like over, I want to say like over 100. No, over, there's there's over 250 over now. 200, 250 people on there. So they're um, all singles. Yeah. Just, and and you have to be approved and and if the, i'll tell you though 
if you're in a matching process talking to somebody, <laughs> you might be asked to step off the <laughs> So how do you know if you're ready? This is a question I'm asked a lot. Um, one thing I suggest is begin by, oh, Tazna mentioned it, fill out a matching plan. Fill out a profile, but keep it hidden. Uh, go to the Blessing and Family Ministry uh, website to the application center and begin filling out your application. Uh, sometimes when you fill it out, and you're thinking about it, you, you realize, well, actually, maybe I have something to work on. Maybe I'm not quite ready yet. Yeah. So uh, it's good to go, go to the blessing workshops, level one and level two. They really talk about becoming the right person because matching and blessing is not about finding the right person. It's about becoming the right person and being really uh, prepared and ready yourself. So, um, and then I suggest that you uh, look in your community for some young couples or young families, not too much older than yourselves, and uh, either you or have your parents invite them over for dinner and sit down where after dinner over coffee you can just ask some questions something might organically come up and uh, that's a really good way to get the subject going what if i'm not ready but my parents won't quit bugging me i see this is really important for uh you to take control of the situation and say you know, dad, mom, I really want to the blessing, if that's true. I really want to be blessed, but I'm in school now and I just want to wait until I graduate and have my degree and a job. Or if you've been through some situation, you can say, you know, I need a year to, to heal and process I need a year. So next October, if somebody, if somebody contacts you and asks you about me, just tell them, you know, next October. Yeah. Instead I, would of echo, time. I would echo that. I think like, um, I think sometimes your parents are anxious if you're like, oh, I, I don't want to talk about it now, or I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. But like giving a time period is really good for yourself and for your parents. And like almost asking you, I need you to trust me, right? I need you to trust that I'm not ready. Like for me, I filled out all those forms and I realized, nope, I need a year and I'm gonna give myself a year. And like giving yourself permission, like just because you begin to think more seriously about the matching and like fill out those papers and maybe you leave your profile hidden doesn't mean that you're not like working towards your matching, um, but like, you know, giving yourself that time. And, um, to the point of like filling out papers like and doing doing it officially like i struggled so much like there was a part of like i don't need to fill out these forms like that's <laughs> like i don't need to do that right this resistance to it totally like aunt marge knows and then i remember like having like this reflection prayer time i was like Tessa, that's that's so arrogant that's so like you know like what do you mean you don't think you need to fill out these papers and like get these interviews and all this kind of stuff right and so i remember it was like a very like humbling like surrendered to the process moment and like you know and i did that and had an interview with aunt marjorie and all these things and like it took a lot of work to get all that stuff ready but then like you know it was like four weeks later where anyway things really moved with lucas so i feel like it's it's all connected right to like surrender spiritually to to that too thank you tasna um so sometimes you just can't you don't know how to be a have a bridge with your parents and it's good to think about who are their friends you know who that are one maybe your auntie or uncle who are their friends that they respect and listen to? Maybe it's their pastor. Maybe uh, 
It could be anybody. And you can maybe go to them and ask them to help to bridge the gap if you're having uh, trouble to uh, relate to each other. And really invest. I, I highly recommend investing in building a better relationship with your parents. It's really good just to invite them out to coffee, uh, each one separately, and or go for a walk together. Take the time, the, because not only do you get to know them, but they get to know you and will respect you on a whole different level. Okay, John. So once you begin, be proactive and never give up. When I say never give up, that means never give up, but it doesn't mean you can't take a break like Tazna uh, explained. <laughs> you can give yourself a year in the middle, but still be proactive and never give up. And I think that's the end of what we have to say tonight to offer to you. So we'll have questions and answers now. And if you have any questions that we don't get to or you haven't written down, please uh, feel free to write to matching at unification.org and we'll make sure to get back uh, if it, and if it's a question specifically to Lucas or Tazna, we'll forward it to them so that they'll, they can answer that. So at this time, John will um, take over and ask any questions that were written in. Yes, thank you very much, Marjorie, and especially Lucas and Tazna. Thank you. This is yes. very thank you. <laughs> we really appreciate it. We have a yeah. question that says, what do you mean by keep it hidden? You referred to a profile, filling out a profile, and the question is, what do you oh, mean keep it hidden? Oh, Marjorie mentioned that, yeah. Um, on Matchbook, for instance, and I think on some of the other, there's four websites now. Um, you can fill it out, all the information. You can even put pictures up, and there's uh, there's the first page usually has uh, pictures and your information, uh, how tall you are. That can be very important when you're four foot nine and a half. <laughs> you know, and uh, information about, uh, I think they have, anyway, they have different information, uh, basic information on the front. And then, you fill out a profile questions, 10 questions about different things to really help somebody understand who you are. But you, when you fill it out, it doesn't necessarily mean that anybody can see it. You get to choose who sees it and you can keep it hidden. And I recommend you keep it hidden until you filled it all out and you've read it and maybe even had your best friend look at it to see if it really reflects who you are. So I recommend that at first, when you're first filling it out, that uh, take your time, do it right, make sure it's really honest and it represents you. And when you're ready and the profile's ready, then you click a little button and it can go, anybody can see it. Yes, and it's convenient for parents if there is a discussion. If you've got it hidden, parents can access it and forward it to somebody. So if you've got it set up already, that can be really helpful just to keep it hidden. And it's it, you can do that on all four of the matching websites. And there is a question saying, what are the four websites? And so I've typed them in, and they're all there, four of them. Matchbook, which Tazna and Lucas both mentioned, and uh, BF Match org and bcmatching.org which is now called blessing for you and also OMS the online matching system uh, is a, is also uh, an American hosted website and those are all available on the BFM website under the tab 
matching. Matching. You'll find access and links there. So we have another question, which is, we have quite a few questions here. What is the best age for matching? Uh, I don't think it's de defined by age. Like we were both 30 when we got matched. I think. No. Yeah, we were. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, no, we were 29. We were 29 when we got matched. Um, I think it's more a matter of like, yeah, growth, maturity. Like there's so many factors that go into there's no best, right? Like when you think about it, you're trying to set yourself up for uh, an eternity of successful marriage. So like the more foundation you have, the better. And like not to be so worried by like you're 25 years old, you're too old, you know? Like I can see the benefit of having waited a little bit and like worked through certain things individually. Like if we would, we knew each other when we were 14, if we would have gotten matched when we were 18, I don't know that we would be here, you know? So. I think it's more about your own journey. Yeah. But the pressure is definitely there when you're getting closer to 30. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We have a question about navigating the process when you're living remotely from your parents. How do you coordinate without taking over? Yeah, I think this is pretty interesting. I mean, I think, um, <clears throat> I think I started to talk to my mom more when I moved out of the house than I ever talked to her when we were living in the same house. Um, you know, so like through college, you know, like taking time to just, you know, call my mom, um, you know, and then like those conversations are a bit more like intentional than, you know, when you're just stuck at the same dinner table every day and, um, <laughs> You know, or, or it's easy to like hide in your bedroom, um, that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> and then like when it got to like Tazna, like our matching process, yeah, like it was really, I mean, difficult. Um, you know, I think, you know, like I kind of, I mean, my mom definitely trusted me a lot um, to kind of navigate through this, um, you know, through the matching process. And, but, you know, I always knew that she was there, you know, for me to like talk to, um, to like seek out advice. But yeah, you know, like when, um, you know, when we would, you know, when we would meet during our matching process, um, yeah, I mean, it was very, it, you know, it was a little more like self-guided with our parents' influence or like with our parents' blessing, if that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. I would say to the question of like how to coordinate without taking over, like, I think it's, it's okay to, it's okay to drive it in some ways, right? It's your matching, it's your future, it's your life. And I think, you know, parents are sometimes sensitive. You don't want to be too pushy. You don't want to, what, what's the, you know, the balance, but I think as as a, as a, as the kid to like initiate those conversations, have those Skype calls, have those Zoom calls together with your parents or alone, like, and you can just as if you were taking them out to coffee, you can be intentional in that process. Um, yeah, so I think don't, don't hesitate to to like to drive it. Yeah. How did you know? that this was the person that you were going to get matched or blessed to. God told me. Uh, how, how did God tell you that? I mean, I mean, this is, it's, a, it's a beautiful question, but it's a hard one to answer in like 30 seconds, right? Like, I think I would say that our entire, we talked for about a, a year in and out. And, um, and I think um the entire process was really intentional right like every single step of the way and i think it was a continual you know questions being answered god working god answering questions like and at the end of the day i think both of us there was a very clear center like faith point in this like my question the whole time god is this the person right and and show me if it is or not and like so i think yeah, I mean, in short, like it's a hard question so, to I answer. Mean, so yeah, I think for me, right, like, um, so 
when we when our matching process started, I was living in Alaska, but you know I would like work two months on and then I would get one month off. And so for that month off, I would often go back to the East Coast. Um, and Tazna, you know, Tazna was living in Philadelphia, and I was, you know, I would stay at my mom's house in Delaware during that month. And you know, so like for that month, you know, like we we would be able to like hang out face to face and like talk about the matching and it was very like i mean it was weird it was awkward um you know like tasna would have her list of questions and <laughs> you know it was very like you know in my face like you know like you know confronting um and it was not like an organic you know type of relationship um and so like that was like really difficult and then you know so i was home for a month and then i'd go back you know to alaska fishing for two months and you know so like i mean that separation was difficult just to like keep a relationship going or to like keep you know some momentum and so you know it got to a point where like um you know i mean i'm not the best at like you know um, maintaining communication through like long distances. And so like, you know, at one point Tazna was like, well, I'm, I'm not going to text Lucas. I'm not going to call Lucas. I'm going to wait for him to, to call me. <laughs> and like, we ended up going like, you know, two weeks without talking. And, um, you know, so like our matching process, like really kind of like slowed down, even though like, you know, we were doing some, some prayer conditions and Hundake conditions. Um, you know, it's like, like, you know, we were doing things like right, you know, going through the motions of like doing a condition, but, you know, like Tazna got to this point where like, you know, she felt like, um, you know, she felt like she needed to like step away or something like, I don't know. So like our matching, like, you know, we, Tazna, you know. I called it off. Tazna called off our matching process. <laughs> And, you know, like, we're, you know, we're, so we're having that, you know, we're breaking up like over the phone, you know, I'm, I'm like laying down in my bunk on a boat and, you know, Tazna's like, well, you know, what, like, like if we're not feeling like, you know, strongly that we should be continuing this process, like, why should we continue it? And I'm like, well, I like, you know, I mean, in my head, I'm like, well, like, because I want to, you know, but like, I couldn't verbalize it and, you know, I couldn't defend you know, like why I wanted to continue the process, even though like we were going through this like really funky phase where like communication was difficult. And so, you know, I like, I also didn't, I never wanted to like have to, I never wanted to feel like I was convincing, you know, this other person to be in a relationship with me. You know, if, if they want to be in a relationship with me, then, you know, they'll fight for the relationship too. And so I could see that, like, you know, Tazma was looking for, you know, a reason to, you know, to, to, you know, break things off. And, you know, I just had to let, let it go um, because I didn't, you know, I, I didn't want to have to, I didn't want to say something that would convince her to stay in the matching process. Uh-oh. Did uh -oh, we, we lose them? We lost them. They'll be back. They'll be back. They will be back. That was just getting into the good stuff. They're in Alaska. <laughs> they are in Alaska. <laughs> Marjorie, we have a question about the 21-day consideration phase, and I'm sure that Lucas and will like that, but could you comment on that while we're waiting for them to come back? Uh, yes. Usually when uh, a couple is introduced by their parents or whomever, and they, uh, they have uh, three weeks to talk and decide if they want if this is a possibility. And I always recommend that sometime during that three weeks, uh, and that three weeks is a, a suggestion. So I know that one couple I was helping, they couldn't uh, meet each other face to face for five weeks. So they agreed to make it five weeks instead of three weeks. But it's, it's really wise to meet each other in person because even on Skype, you can, it's not the same as in person. So 
you have that time to just don't give your heart away, don't get involved, but just get to know each other and feel if you can build a trust relationship. And at the end of that three weeks um, or agreed upon time, you can uh, make a decision to, do I want to go forward with the matching in as a possibility? And then it, you should take a whole seven months before you get matched. And then you should take time as a matched couple because that's when it gets better. Excellent. Once you're matched, people look at you differently. Lucas, I think uh, you, you guys hung up on us because you didn't like that question. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I don't know. We got disconnected for some reason. No, I like the question. Oh, good. <laughs> well, we like listening to you. Yeah. We want to hear the rest, the end of the story. Well, okay, so the end of the story is, you know, um, you know, we went a few months with like no, you know, like we, we broke our matching process um, and we went months without talking. And then there was kind of this common thing that we both had in our future was ocean challenge. And so, you know, we were both on staff and so it, it forced us to, you know, communicate on like staff calls and then it actually brought us physically back together here in Kodiak and having like this space where like we were working together but like separately you know like like my responsibility was preparing the boats and Tazna's responsibility was you know taking care of like the educational aspect of the program and so it was like and you know it changed our relationship or like it changed the way that we interacted from like having this like interview style matching process to this like much different like organic type of you know just working together like working together but like kind of separately too and so you know like through this uh you know through this that time period that we had together um you know it changed, you know, it, it changed things. And